Raise your hands if anybody here has stress in their life. Okay. You can keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Anybody here have things in your life that you wish you had that you don't have yet? Yeah. Okay, you can put your hands down. Do you have any desire to get rid of any of this stress? Yes. Okay. Well, hopefully today, you're gonna to walk away with a couple of things that'll help you do just that. Anybody have any idea how much this bottle of water weighs? A pound? Pound, two pounds, yeah. What do you think will happen to me if I just hold it up here like this for a minute? How about if I held it up here for a couple hours? Yeah. How about for 24 hours? Yeah, right. This bottle is representative of our thoughts, our expectations, our challenges. All of those things that we hold on to in our mind. And over time, they could weigh us down if they're not positive thoughts, if they're not the truth. So what we're learning about today, what I'm talking about today, is the power or the faculty of renunciation. It is the power to exhale, the power to release, the power to let go, the power to remove and the power to say no. And it also is the gatekeeper to let things not in to not allow certain things in, certain things that you don't want in your life. The apostle is Thaddeus. The location is in the low back, lower bowels actually, I should say, and the color is russet or brown. The apostle is Thaddeus. And in Greek, Thaddeus means of the heart, large-hearted, warm-hearted, and courageous. The metaphysical Bible dictionary says Thaddeus is an explanation or means it is just as necessary that one should learn to let go of thoughts, conditions, and substances in consciousness, body, and affairs when they have served their purpose and no longer need them, as it is that one should lay hold of new ideas and new substances to meet one's daily requirements. Therefore, it is necessary that the eliminative faculty be quickened in one and a right balance between receiving and giving, laying hold and letting go be established. Love, tenderness, fearlessness of the heart seem to be the dominating characteristic back of the proper elimination for mind and body. Fear, hate, revenge, and the like cause resistance and tension in the consciousness and the organism, therefore shutting off elimination while love puts fear and is while love puts away fear and is of a softening, releasing, freeing, and balancing nature. So what does this mean? The way I interpret it is as we let go of things, we have to let go of them in love. We have to let go of them in a softening way. Think of it as like watching ice melt. Easy. It's releasing of all that no longer serves us. Your peace of mind is so much more important than driving yourself crazy thinking about 
what isn't, or the way something played out that you didn't like. Your peace of mind is so much more important. Eckhart Tolle said, sometimes letting things go is an act of far greater power than of defending or hanging on. And the reason we don't let go is because we think we can control it. Newsflash, guys. We can't control it. All we can control is our response to things, how we react. That's where our power lies. So if a situation isn't serving you, are you desiring or wanting something, then take a look at what other consciousness are you holding that's opposite of that desire. One of the best moments in life is finding the courage to let go of the things that we cannot change. And it's not the holding on that's the issue. It's what we're holding on to. Is what we're holding on to bringing us down, weighing us down, or is it uplifting us? You know, the most expensive real estate is not in Dubai or Singapore or New York. It's in our mind. And what are we renting space to in our mind? Similar to what John was saying earlier. Those, every thought that we think creates so are we thinking thoughts of the stuff that we want to create? If, you, if there are things that were from your past that you haven't healed yet, that's part of the work that release is all about. That healing, that letting go of that old belief. Because if we don't heal our past, we bleed all over our future. It comes out, we cannot, it cannot not come out. It wants to be healed. When I started my 12-step journey with first Codependence Anonymous and then Al-Anon, it took me many years to undo the thoughts that I had about being in relationship. That's why I kept recreating these really unhealthy relationships. I, had a, I did my fourth step, I think, four times. So it took me a while to look at and to uncover and peel back those layers of what the thoughts were, the belief systems that I had about who I was as a woman and how to show up in a relationship that was going to work for me, rather than what I had as an example. My mother was a caregiver. She just had kids and took care of them and took care of her, her husband. That wasn't the role that I wanted to play. And I needed to figure out how to do that. And it took lots of my sponsors and friends from those meetings to help me figure that out. Forgiveness is a tool of renunciation, giving way for a new thought. Being able to look at, not hang on to, but look at those thoughts that aren't serving us and saying, how can I change this thought? How can it be something new? I want to do a little bit of an experiment. So first I want everyone to take a nice deep breath for the count of four. And now exhale. Now this next time, we're gonna take a deep breath without exhaling, and we're gonna take another deep breath. Okay, so let's take a deep breath. And take another deep breath. And now exhale. Did you find that it was harder to take that second deep breath without exhaling? Yeah. That's one of the physical things that we do automatically. We let go of that breath, we let go of the oxygen. So many things in our body we do physically, automatically, 
is about renunciation and elimination. Just like I said in the meditation, we assimilate food and get rid of what we don't want. We assimilate water, we get rid of what we don't want. There's so many things, and we have to do that with our thoughts also. Could we possibly have the same beliefs we had as when we were five or 10 or 15? No, they automatically went. The power of renunciation, the spiritual aspect of the power of renunciation is consciously saying, what are the thoughts and feelings that I'm thinking that are no longer working for me in my spiritual life? In the Bible, the water is used for cleansing. The great flood where Noah's Ark was took away impurities. The parting of the Red Sea removed all threats. This is why water baptism is used in preparation for receiving the Holy Spirit. The cleansing action is release, which is meant to be gentle, like washing away dirt. So it's an allowing, not a forcing. Clearing the body and the mind, restoring equanimity. Cleansing leads to refreshment, kind of like rebooting our computer, right? When we reboot the computer, we take out all the junk so that it can get back to its true self. Cleansing action of release restores our awareness of our original and true divine nature. When you come to a time in your life where you're feeling overwhelmed, chances are that's when we say, I'm gonna let go and let God, right? It gets to that point, okay, I give up. And actually, I've heard many people say, I can't do this anymore, I can't do this anymore. Life is too hard, it's too much, I can't handle it. But I'm gonna keep on trying to handle it myself. They don't say that, but that's what they do. They don't actually let go and let God. They want to use the spiritual principles so that they can control the situation and they will fix it with the principles. But there's a sense of taking the principle in one's, one's ego. And that's not what we're talking about. If you think of Noah's Ark, the building of the Ark, Noah was in the consciousness, his consciousness was in saying, yes, I'm ready to be cleansed. I'm willing to do what it takes to be cleansed. And then our spiritual power comes in and does the cleansing. So our part of this particular power is our willingness. Our willingness to say, I'm ready to forgive. I am willing to forgive. And just keep saying that because then the forgiveness happens. It's the power within us. It's spirit within us. Our work is the conscious decision to be willing to release and let go. I'm choosing to be willing. I'm choosing to forgive. And then let the energy that is bigger than me sweep in and do the forgiving, to do the work of the cleansing. That is the power of the spirit in us and is more powerful than our egoic consciousness. So if you're overwhelmed or stressed in any area of your life, it's not just about doing more affirmations. Who here does affirmations? Yeah, affirmations are amazing and they're beautiful. And we keep doing them and doing them and doing them. But if we're not seeing what we want to see in our life, something else is going on. And chances are, there's other beliefs that are deep, that are really running the bus. Have you guys ever heard the story about the wolves? We all have two wolves inside of us. 
Yeah, the one wolf is about being joyful and grateful and blissful and loveful, and the other one is about resentment and guilt and anger. And the grandmother is telling her grandson about it, and the grandson says, well, Grandma, which wolf wins? And she said, whichever wolf we feed. So we can feed these affirmations, but there's also work to be done with the other wolf. The work to be done with the other wolf is to heal all of those fears somehow. Get in there, even to just become aware of them and seeing how that other wolf is kind of wreaking havoc a little bit in our lives. Some areas in our lives that you know might resonate with you when I talk about this is, uh, do you feel worthy? We all say we feel worthy. I'm a child of God and I'm worthy of everything I desire. But you better not ask me to give up my pride or righteousness as a suffering giver. Now this may sound extreme, but there might be places in you that you feel that little righteousness. Or how about, did you ever hear yourself saying, I can't believe they did that with all I've done for them. That's another place where we're giving from a place of expectation rather than just giving. So that could be cleaned up a little bit, like just give. How about the desire to be perfect or to do things perfectly? We are imperfect. And the more that we can accept that, the more peace we'll have in our lives. And to know that in God's eyes, we're perfect already. There's that part of us that knows that we are good already. How about worry? Who here is a worrier? Yeah. Okay. One moment of worrying is a waste of time. It will never change the outcome. Would you say? Has any of your worrying ever helped anything? I know I did it because I thought it was my way of thinking. If I worry about this, I can think about every possible situation, every possible outcome, and then I can be ready for it. It's delusional thinking. <laughs> so I invite you to look at all the stuff you've been wanting and inviting into your life that you might be stuck. There might be other thoughts going on that don't match your desire in consciousness. Usually it's the corollary. So if we want more love, but we're not willing to forgive, that's where the work needs to be done. If we want more financial abundance, but we hold tightly to every penny, that's where the work needs to be done. If we want more prosperity, but we keep track of deadness, to others who are in debt to us. That's where the work needs to be. For me, one of the stories that I had to retell myself growing up, my, we, I was one of seven, my father worked, he had a meat market, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, as I said, and, but she was very, I used to say she was only religious, but on her last years of life, I realized how spiritual she really was. But anyway, growing up, she always wanted to tithe, and my father was adamant, dead set against it. No way, you're not going to throw my money into the church. So she got to put $10 into the basket every week. And he put 10 too. So then it was interesting because when she passed away, he found out how much money she was actually really giving away. <laughs> and I don't suggest doing that. 
but what I what was interesting to me was she found her way to give to her spiritual home. And it was granted after we all left, and so there weren't as many expenses. My reason for telling the story was I was very afraid to tithe. And when I came here, my first few months here, I decided to tithe. And I was petrified, but I did it. And I am so grateful because I've grown so much from that experience that I'm a tither. It, it makes so much sense to me to tithe to where I'm spiritually fed because I'm a spirit being first. So this is where I, I invite you to the idea of seek first the kingdom and all else shall be added. That's a famous scripture, right? Have this be at the core of your consciousness because as we seek first for our own enlightenment and awakening, then all else will be that we need will be added. And this has been true for all 12 of the powers. If you've been here for my 12 talks, every power that I've talked about, faith, strength, I've asked you to let go of something in your belief around faith because we have levels of belief in faith. And ultimate faith is to believe in that which we do not see, to believe that we are worthy and good and know that to our core. And then the next is strength. And yes, we have physical strength, that's on the, the body level, but to have the strength when in your faith, when things don't look at all like they're good right now. But to be able to let go of that old thinking and come back to the spiritual way of thinking and, and knowing that faith is always going to help us when we have that kind of faith. So we invited these faculties of mind to wake up, or better yet, that we wake up and allow them to move through us so that we can walk around knowing that the kingdom of heaven is among us. It is right here, right now. I know every moment what I need will be added as I need it, and not a second before or not a second too late. Romans 12.2 Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. It cannot happen without the spiritualization of this faculty of renunciation. I want to read you from the Holy Spirit's interpretation of New Testament, that particular scripture, Romans 12.2. What the Holy Spirit says is, rest within the assurance of yourself, for nothing has ever been lost. Your truth is as pure and bright as always, because your truth is with me. To know your truth, accept me as your light, and let your shadows grow dim. Ask for nothing except ask for me. Accept me into your body, accept me into your mind, realize the beauty and the glory of you. So that's the transformation, is knowing that we are God and shining our light as God. So you may want to consider some of the, your beliefs from the past. One of, another one of mine was told over and over and over again, if you want to get ahead, you have to work hard. I believe this and I have resentments about it for so long because I saw other people who didn't look like they worked so hard and they had a great life. And what happened for me was when I left corporate America to start my own business, I can never say I work hard. I love what I do and I do it a lot and it's sustained me for 26 years. 
And even though all of those years, I, I didn't think about God was my source, but I did month after month know my bills are being paid. And I'm grateful for it. Somewhere, I'm sure I thought I was doing that. But today, I know that it's really, it was God as my source. God was providing it for me because I was on this high of doing what I love to do. So old thoughts are crystallizations, and it's the mental counterpart of saline built up in the Dead Sea. I never knew this until I did this talk, but what happens, why everything is dead in the Dead Sea is because there's an inlet, and all the salt comes in, but there's no outlet, so nothing can live in there. So if we ha don't have an outlet for our old thoughts, if we can't get rid of them, then they're gonna keep us stuck and not allow the affirmations to work for us. Spiritual renunciation takes place when we cultivate an open mind and an open heart, giving up every thought and belief we have clung to, becoming teachable through the activity of spiritual understanding. Now one reason why people don't wanna clean up stuff from their past is chances are, they're going to cry, right? I don't know of any release process where you don't cry. And it makes us feel vulnerable. But take it from me, crying is okay. I remember one time, oh God, it's got to be 15 years ago, but after Michael died, I went almost a whole year where I didn't really cry. I, I, my therapist said, you're seeping, like little tears would come out. But on the one-year anniversary, it was torrential rain, and I was under these big, huge tents on the Guilford Green because I was early for my CODA meeting. And so I'm walking around, and it was literally July 17th, the one-year anniversary of burying him, of him passing, and I let loose. I sobbed so loud, but the rain was so loud that nobody could hear me. And I was on my knees, and this went on for about 10 minutes. And when I got up, Took me a few minutes. I went in. I still was early for my CODA meeting. I went into the church, was waiting for people to come. And at that meeting, I laughed for the first time in a year because I was able to let that go. And I, I resisted it because I had thoughts that, you know, he was in a better place and whatever, whatever it was. But my point is, tears are so good, they're so healing. Charles Fillmore says, there must be a renunciation of letting go of old thoughts before the new can find a place in consciousness. This is a psychological law, which has its outer expression in the intricate elimination functions of the body. So now the how-to of renunciation, specifically at Unity, is a prayer tool. Denials and affirmations. Now denial, it's not psychological denial. It's not denying that something happened. It's denying the power that any of these beliefs that we're holding on to have power over us. If our first principle is true, which is, if there's only one power and one presence, then no one and nothing can truly be against us. There is no power fighting us. Therefore, the only power these negative things have is what? The power we give them. That's it. So to release is the taking back of our power. Deny the power of outer circumstances before you affirm. It's like clearing the soil for a garden. It's pulling out the weeds before we make the soil ready for all of our good fruits and our good flowers and our good affirmations. 
So breathe, ladies and gentlemen. Let go of those old thoughts, heal them. Get ready to tend your garden and then plant your affirmations.